Welcome to Too Much Information with Sean Arnold. My name is Sean Arnold. I am super excited. I have not only a great friend on today, but someone who has done some pretty astonishing things in her life. She has won a World Series of Poker bracelet. She ran with the legend back in the day when Vegas was uh, literally the Wild West, um, and I think has been a huge impact on the poker industry um, over the course of her career. So I'd like to welcome to the podcast my friend, Terry King. Hi, Terry. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you for uh, joining me from Oklahoma. Is that correct? That is correct. Not the deep, not the real South like you are. I'm just kind of Midwest. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I think if you told an Oklahoman they weren't Southern, they probably wouldn't like that, right? Uh, well, too bad. Texas isn't even Southern. Okay. <laughs> My mom, you know, says if you didn't fight for the South during the Civil War, you're not Southern. All right. Okay? Well, so there, well, mom's Oklahoma was still Indian territory. So mom speaks. So mom. Uh, yeah. Mom wins. Uh, and you're from Oklahoma, right? Yes, born and raised. So you're an Okie. I'm an Okie. <laughs> it is, but I moved out west for forty years, and now I'm back. That's so. right. It's funny. I always laugh at your Facebook post because uh, you. It, it seems like a lot of the things that sort of poke fun at Oklahomans or Texans are exactly the same things that poke fun at Southern people. I mean, I'm from Georgia, obviously. So, uh. There, even though you say you're not part of the South, I feel like there's a lot of those sort of Southern things that are that are similar. Well, the, this is true. Well, <laughs> I guess redneck kind of carries over exactly to all of right. it, doesn't it? <laughs> you can have rednecks anywhere. I tell people that all the time. My best friend from college lives in Ohio, and you go out there and get in the valley, man, There's <laughs> that might be the Midwest, but there's some people out there just as red as there are down here. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Indiana and Kentucky, that whole region. Yeah, anyway, yeah, my parents are, my dad was from the South, so I got a lot of Southern roots in me. Where was he from? Mobile. Oh, really? Alabama boy. Mm -hmm. uh, my mom actually taught ballet to the backfield of Alabama. Really? When Bear Bryant was there. Yes, she did. They had ballet in Alabama? Well, she taught it to the football team. <laughs> that's yeah. Imagine so, that much culture there. <laughs> so, so that's really so interesting. I get because obviously you have to be very graceful and footwork and all that sort of stuff. So, was that the idea that that would help the players with their like dexterity, like foot dexterity and that sort of thing? Yeah, I think so. And their core strength. And I mean, you see all these professional athletes go on Dancing with the Stars, and they're just astounded how physical it is. Oh, yeah. Well, again, the Georgia people will know this because this is a pretty famous story. But Herschel Walker, who is obviously the most famous running back to ever play at the University of Georgia, um, took ballet and was a big believer in it. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's where well, Bryant was. So. That's I, I did not know that. I don't have to ask my yeah. Alabama friends if they if they knew about that. I guess this would have been in the 40s. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's right. That's when Bear would have been there. Um, mm -hmm. So I wanted to tell people, because I think it's an interesting story, and it's a little bit of a jumping off point, how you and I met, um, <laughs> which I, which is good context, I think, for the fact we've known each other for, it's kind of crazy to think about, but I'm pretty sure it's been, what, about 15 years now? It's something like it was a very snowy night. <laughs> it was. So um, that was, so that was so back, back when, and 
And I think most people that know me that listen to this know this, but people that happen to maybe not know me that listen to this, um, I am a, I don't know if I go too far as to call me, I am a poker player. I don't know if I'm a poker air quotes player, but. Uh, <laughs> you're a poker player and you love it and you live and breathe it. So, I do yes, love you're it. You're a very avid poker player. I do love it. And uh, I think, you know, like a lot of people as an athlete, I played cards my whole life, you know, because we were on bus trips and, you know, you were just always in some circumstance where you're playing cards. And right. like a lot of people, um, I didn't really come to know Texas Hold'em until a lot of people did, which was the Chris Moneymaker thing, you know? So, and for those of you that aren't poker people, this guy who was an accountant from Tennessee played in like a, a tournament to win a seat in a bigger tournament. Cause the main event for the world series of poker is a $10,000 buy-in. So you pay $10,000 to play. I think he played in a $40 satellite. Um, wins that it might've even been 20 could have been. Yeah. It was something really small. Wins that wins him his seat in the world series. And then he goes and wins the world series of poker the time, which of course it went crazy, but I think that 10,000, he won it and won a little over 2 million. Um, and, but the big thing was obviously this is a guy cause there are, we'll talk about this. Obviously there are professional poker players as everyone knows that people that do that. And it was a bit of a shocker for an amateur, he was an accountant in Tennessee to come in and win, you know, the the big, you know, the the big sort of premier tournament um, from poker in the Especially world. Especially the way he did, you know, off that twenty or forty dollar original money was just crazy. Right. So then the boom happened, right, and people got really interested in poker. Um, I'd always played cards, but the game format I didn't know. So that's kind of how I learned Texas Hold'em and the difference with Hold'em is. Most people know five-card draw. You get five cards. You can draw some cards, and you play like normal poker hands. In Texas Hold'em, you get two cards. Then then there's five cards dealt out over the middle over the course of a few different betting rounds, three first, then another, then another. And you play your cards, best combination, and you know with what's on the board, your two cards. So um, I started to play that, and I got really interested in it. Um, I bought Super System, which is Doyle Brunson's book on how to play, which was considered the Bible, and I'll, I'll ask you about that in a second. Um, but uh, <laughs> I was looking for a place to play because, y- you know, I didn't know a lot of people that played, and this is kind of what was crazy about the world back then. I actually went onto the internet and Googled <laughs> and found a website, which is kind of crazy when you think about it now, considering, like, the whole stuff with gambling and is it illegal, but I found a website called Buckhead Poker, and it was talking about this poker game that was in town and I think I just picked up and called the number and I can't remember who I had talked to. It might've me. Yeah. It was probably you. And you're like, well, we'll have games, you know, so, or you told me when we had the schedule was, and it's like, come on out. So this was before the storm. So I had called a few days in advance and it was like, okay, well, you know, Friday night or whatever, I'm going to go out. So that day was one of those ridiculous Atlanta ice storms. Um, and but you know I didn't have anything planned and I was single at the time and all that and so I drove and dot literally had to go down roads where trees had fallen and then I have to back up and find another way around and finally get down to the card room and it was just a little you know place that had tables in it and uh, the lights are it was out an apartment yeah, yeah there's no power <laughs> so Terry Terry's in there because you were dealing those games right right and mm-hmm. we put candles up. And played cards. <laughs> I got to preface this with you calling again saying, well, for sure. I mean, I, 
this is my only night off in like two weeks. I, I really want to play. Are you sure you're going to have the game? I said, I promise we'll have a game if, <laughs> if enough players, if two players show up, we're going to have a game. So I got my candles ready. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I funny. still I still have that candle, believe it or not. No I have way. a little memento stash. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's well, awesome. Those, those were fun times. Then then remember the little guy, we won't say who was running the games, but oh. <laughs> the little guy that was there, you know, was upset cuz we got wax on the table. So I'm in there the next day with an iron and and uh, you know, Oh my cow. gosh, pulling off wax. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yep. But that was such a cool, that was awesome. But and and I will say this, and it's in, because I actually was there was a lot of fear. Right, I was really scared to come to that game. Um, really? Well, oh yeah. And they were and they were afraid you were a cop. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, no chance yeah. of that. Um, yeah, but because <laughs> well, they didn't know. No, of course. You know. But I mean, yeah, because I think that you know not having. I mean, I, I don't, I think at that point I had never even been to Las Vegas before. Um, like just even for a trip to go, you know, play blackjack and wander around. I mean, I hadn't been yet at all. And, right. <laughs> um, and I just didn't, you know, it was unfamiliar. And then the other thing too, is I was single at the time and I was making pretty good money. And I think we played one, three. Is that what we were playing? One, three, no limit. Um, I think it was one, two, one, two. But, you know, I, think. I brought 200 bucks, right, which is pretty, you know, normally a, a, a hundred times the big blind is a pretty standard buy-in for a cash game. So, right. you know, I think I brought, I think there was maybe even a $200 max on the 1-2 game. Um, and I, so, so again, same thing. Like, I'm, I'm going in, I'm, I don't know what I'm walking into. I've never really played in a formal setting. You know, most time after that I played it was just at a buddy's house around like a kitchen table. And I've got right. 200 bucks in my pocket that I could very easily leave without. <laughs> so it just was um it was weird it was intimidating and i get now a lot of people i know that i talk to that are getting so now that people know that i play on facebook i'll get messages from time to time from people that are trying to get into the game mm-hmm. and they're scared to walk into a casino or i mean it's just because they just don't know who do i talk to what do i say i don't know what to do you know i don't know how to get into a game i don't know um so anyways i was freaked out and that's actually one thing i'll probably credit you for me not just ditching is like we we started talking to me i knew immediately i was gonna love you because we <laughs> just started to cut up and talk and you're you're such a warm you know person like you're just your energy well, is you. awesome well that's sweet well it, you know and um the the other gal it was actually i went down to help a, a an ex-boyfriend and his girlfriend run their game I mean, I, I get along with all my exes and their wives and whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so we actually had, uh, you know, it got big and we had, you know, we also did, we did a lot of charity work. We actually had, you know, dealing instructions. I took those. Um, I, I know. <laughs> you actually dealt some of the games. Yeah. And um, there were two Indian guys, really, really nice yes. Great guys. boys, I'll, I'll call them. Um, they were going to college, <laughs> and the other gal and I <laughs> wouldn't let them come to deal or play until they showed us their grades. They had to show us <laughs> <laughs> their credit cards. I mean, we didn't want to ruin some. I mean, they were studying to, to be doctors. Yeah, I don't know but, whatever be, you know happened, but you know we just didn't want to be you know have that responsibility that we let them become <laughs> degenerate poker players or you know, get into that nightlife. One of them actually brought 
either their mom or their dad one night. I can't remember. I said, yeah, this is, here we are as hooligans. <laughs> They well, started laughing. <laughs> if I if I recall correctly, those two were were fine because they were both pretty good players. <laughs> oh yes, they were. They were. So it's not and like they, they were getting fleeced or anything. Like they were in there winning oh, money a lot of nights. Absolutely not. Right. Right. <laughs> but they were they were pretty consumed with it though. So I just didn't want their their grades to fall by the wayside. And there's another another guy in our group, um, the group Real Grinders, and. Uh, <laughs> he he was at the other game that I was in, um, and he remember, he was in high school. <laughs> oh my god! And I mean, he was a heck of a little player. And the guy running the game would get such a kick out of these young guys. They'd come with you know their thousand dollars, you know, uh, neatly wrapped up in a rubber band, and the, you know their bankroll. And he just got the biggest kick out of them. He said, "These two young boys will mess you up, man. They know what they're doing." And they were like, you know. 17 16 17 but yeah one of them now is in the group so yeah pretty funny small yeah, world we'll no. say for poker is a very small world yeah no doubt and what's what's really funny too though is like getting like getting to know you and and then i started coming up there a lot i mean i was up there two three nights a week i think i, well, I went mm-hmm. through a stretch where i was up there all the time and uh, I used to actually joke and tell people you were my girlfriend. I was like, I'm going to my girlfriend's house to play <laughs> poker. Um, so, Well, the other gal said, Terry, he's perfect. <laughs> I said, he's 30. She's like, he's perfect. I said, he's 30. She said, so what? I got I got I, bad news I, for I, you. I was 25. <laughs> oh, were you? Yeah. <laughs> I said, I'm older than your mother. And then I think we determined, no, she was a year older. I said, oh, well, then okay. <laughs> what's hilarious though like is that made it you know so and like anyone starting out I mean I I I took my licks I feel like I had a little bit of a knack for it so I just didn't get creamed every time but the the thing that it's this I don't even know if I've ever told you this story but this was the thing that sort of really filled up my gas tank and not only made me want to keep playing but made me start trying to learn and get better and I don't mean just get better by playing but I started to try to study some you know and uh Mm -hmm. was one night I got up there, I came up to play, and for whatever reason, I think the only thing that was going was a 2-5 game. And and so, again, people that don't know poker, that means that you can't, you probably shouldn't play in that game for 200. You need to play for 500. Because um, right. you want to have maximum bullets. You know, you want to have as much, you know, you want to have as much as you can have. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, rather than me just going, eh, I don't know if I want to play 2-5. <laughs> Um, I rode to an ATM, I got some more money and I came back up there. And again, we won't say his name, but the guy that ran the room was his room was also a professional poker player. Um, and if I recall was pretty darn good. Um, Mm -hmm. and he had sat that night. And so on top of that, you know, I'm playing in a game with him and, that kind of freaked me out, right? Because I just felt like, oh God, I'm over. <laughs> like I'm playing. So also too, traditionally in poker, as you move up limits, the players get better. Um, so I felt like I'm playing with better players and I'm sitting here playing with a pro and I'm going to get my clock cleaned, you know? And I was played real passive and whatever. So finally I actually got a hand and I felt like that guy, I got into a hand with him, the pro. And you know, I felt like he started trying to push me around a little bit, you know, I mean, because he had more money than I did or whatever. (laughs) And, um, at that point, I think I only had about three or $350 
behind. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I was down a little bit. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to get pushed around this hand because I've got a hand. And mm-hmm. so I had, um, I think I had a decent pair. Like I had a pair of eights or a pair of nines. Um, and I spiked a set on the, on the, on the turn. And I ended up doubling up through the pro. Um, Cause he kept just barreling at me, you know, because I'm just the young guy that doesn't play a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I called it off on the turn. Um, he bets back into me. I go, I should go all in. He calls. So I doubled up through him. And that was actually, so first of all, then all of a sudden, you know, I, that pot was like an $800 pot. So of course, at the point, that's the biggest pot I'd ever dragged. And well, sure. And a good confidence booster too. <laughs> but you know, I was like, you know what? I'm sure, t- uh, you know, at that point in my career, you know, of, of where my game was, it was like 10 times out of, you know, I'm not going to like probably, you know, six or seven or eight times out of 10 in that situation, he's going to get the best of me, but I won, right? That hand. It's not unlike that movie rounders where the Matt Damon character wins a hand off of, um, uh, Johnny Chan. Yeah. It was jar Johnny fucking Chan, as they say. Um, <laughs> yeah. also I didn't think until you can swear in this if you want, but, um, they, um, but anyway, so that was kind of the thing that kind of helped propel me forward because I was like, wait a second, I can do this. I'm, I shouldn't be, you know what I mean? I can get better. I can sit at this table. So, Sure. That was a that was a pretty big moment for me for my my sort of that, poker life. You know that that's the originally why they started having women's tournaments because way back in the day, you know, all the old guys, you know, Johnny Moss and and Puggy and all all those old guys, they had wives or girlfriends and of course they didn't want to sit down and play against these guys. Of course back then they of course, as the years went by and the fields got bigger, but I mean, back in the day, there was hardly any dead money. I mean, right? Everybody, yeah, some were everybody better than others, right. but it was all professional players. Just say, you know, who's better? So that's why they started women's events because the women just, you know, it was to accommodate them so they could get their feet wet and not feel like they were being, you know, pushed around by the guys. And of course, nowadays, you know, it's. Certainly, you know, there's a gazillion women professional players, so there's really not that big a need to have women's events anymore. They're nice. The camaraderie's nice, and I, I've played many of them. And, uh, you know, the, the, that was the original reason. Just like they they determined that having a step up to a higher level of game, the bigger game, stepping up a level, um a lot of management has decided that that's a bad idea. People feel intimidated to take that step up in a poker room. You know, yeah, that's the that's the high limit room. You know, if it's on the same level and people are playing all together, they're not quite so intimidated. Of course, I know it's hard because, you know, poker got so huge, you know, and guys like Doyle and Johnny and everybody, you know, they can't go anywhere without being bombarded I'm, I'm sure it's tough to even play, so they kind of have to segregate the bigger games, I guess, for that reason. But yeah, and I feel like anyway. the I feel like the rooms have done a good job of kind of giving. Of course, it's in the it's in the rooms' best interest, you know, to have those guys. And I think the rooms have done a good job of giving those guys like a safe place to play, if you will. You know, like you've got Bobby, right. you've got Bobby's room at Bellagio, right? So you know, it's it's sealed off. It's what you know, it's their own. It's in the back. Um, it's, it's, it's own little room. You know, I feel like most of the places sort of, sort of do that where, you know, those guys, because yeah, they're, they're famous, right? There's no way around it. Like they are Games, ce- celebrities. People go where the big 
players play. They just like to be around it. I mean, it's just a fact of life. Not, I don't mean everybody, but in general, you know, it's it's true. People, you know, like to see their idols. They like to go and play and maybe work their way up to playing in those games one day. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, it's funny, like, there's those guys that are – because another story about me and you is um, – so later on, a few years later um, – I actually had my uh, bachelor party in Las Vegas, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, I'm, th- I'm pretty sure you were working at Bellagio at that point. I was. Um, I was. I'd moved back to Vegas from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, of course, you know, I came out to see you, and it just so happened that, um, because it was during the World Series, so um, of course the games are crazy during the World Series, right? Because everybody that's not busted out of tournaments or not playing is poor playing cash and pros are in from all over the world because they're playing in it and uh chip reese was actually in bobby's room that night and i remember when i came over to say hello to you and i was going to sit down and play some because that's the funny thing too is everybody's like oh god you went on your bachelor party in las vegas i'm like yeah but you know what i did it's like i bet on sports during the day and and from the (laughs) afternoon until five in the morning i was sitting at a card table like like of course you were (laughs) like i never set foot in a strip club I never really got drunk because I don't play cards drunk because I like my money too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's my buddies were with me and we all, they're like, what'd you do? I was like, well, I played poker and I bet on sports. <laughs> that was the whole trip. So anyway, so you're like, well, Chip's here. Do you want to meet Chip? And I was like, well, hell yeah, I want to meet Chip. <laughs> best <laughs> poker player and arguably the best poker player in the world. Um, so you actually walked me back into Bobby's room and introduced me to Chip. And that's when Chip said, asked me if I wanted to sit down and sweat him for a minute. Um, right. Which was incredibly nice. You know what I mean? Like, that guy doesn't know me from Adam's house cat. And he and been sweating. No, but he knew you were my friend. Yeah, so, and just for people that don't know, sweating is when someone lets you sit behind them and effectively watch how they play. So, you know, right. you can kind of see their cards and watch what they do or whatever. And um, that was a big deal for me, you know, at that point. Like, he's a legend and... You know, and, and, you know, again, I'm still in learning. I'm still in learning mode today. So I think you always have to be in learning mode. But Well, everybody is. Who, yeah, whoever gets perfect at poker. <laughs> yeah, right. And the thing that was crazy, too, is I did the math. And I want to say that because it was a full table. Again, it was during the World Series. There were nine guys. And there were other guys you would know that were famous that were playing in that game. Um, mm-hmm. I think David Gray was in that game. Um, Barry Greenstein was in that game. Uh uh, I think Antonio Esfandiari was in that game. Um, the guys you knew, right? And I think I did a quick count. And I want to say that there was like one point two or one point three million dollars on the table. Possibly, I mean, like between whatever, every- whatever was the biggest game. That's where they all, you know, Chip always played in the biggest game, no matter what. There was never a bigger game going that he wasn't in. <laughs> All I know is, is I saw a bunch of yellow $25,000 chips and, yeah. uh, which was just, which is mind blowing when you're 30, you know, and you're, that's, you know, that's the first time you've ever sort of seen that world. But anyway, again, another moment that you provided me that helped me sort of move my oh, well, poker career it along. Was, <laughs> it was my pleasure. Well, you were my poker buddy. I mean, I just have to say this, Holly, hope you don't get mad, but I actually saw your engagement ring before you did. That's exactly, you did. That's exactly right. I forgot about that. I don't know if my, I I know. So Holly's my wife. I don't know if she actually knows that. So when she listens to this, it'll be, 
Here's what's funny well, too. You can edit it out if you want. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't. No, I don't. I just mean because I not because I didn't tell her on purpose. I just never thought about mentioning it. You, I'm, you, you guys met, and I mean it was ba boom. It was lights out. For it was. You two. It was before lightning. I left town. You, uh, you said, well, tonight's the night, or you know, tomorrow night's the night, whatever it was, and yeah. you brought the ring and you showed it. Um, to me, and I think there were a few other players there, but uh, obviously just the ones that you knew could keep their mouth shut, but uh, or that didn't know Holly. <laughs> but yeah, that was, it was a gorgeous ring, by the way. It um, was. But, yeah. some, there were so some poker it, money helped pay fun. for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no doubt. It's been fun to watch your journey, and congrats. <laughs> you guys are still together. That's yep, awesome. Yep. She still has not left me. So that's a. You said, well, my mom tells me I need somebody to challenge me. Yeah, and as soon as you told me about Holly, I said, "Well, there you go." <laughs> yeah, it's funny you use there. those exact words because I say that all the time. I mean, because she will a hundred percent call remember, me. I got a great memory. <laughs> yeah, she will a hundred percent call me on my bullshit, and that's something that I desperately need in my life. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> here's what's here's what's funny though about that because when you make, I'm not going to say how much I spent on that ring. But um, it it would be a decent vehicle. Let's just put it that way. Um, oh yeah. And but what's hilarious about that is I, I when I bought it, I actually had it for about two weeks before the actual um, proposal. Oh yeah. And I was so nervous about leaving it anywhere. <laughs> I generally kept it on me at all times. And oh, that's funny. Here's what's funny: it would fit on my pinky finger down to the flat to the to the first knuckle, like the second knuckle. You know what I mean? So uh -huh. like, oh god. So no, no. So I would actually have it in my in a box in my pocket, and when I would play poker that two weeks, I I at one point I remember sticking it in my hand in my pocket, and I put the ring on my finger on my little pinky finger on my left hand, and. I'm not kidding you. The minute I put it on, I was playing in a game at the room and I went on just one of the maddest rushes <laughs> of all time. Like I just was like a rack. Like, and it wasn't even like I was oh, playing funny. good. It's like, I just started getting cards after cards after cards. And I did that for two. And here's what's crazy. So then anytime, and then I'd go home and play online because that was before black Friday. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'd always done sort of okay online I won a $2 tournament that had 4,000 players in it. Oh, my God. Um, and I came in, like, third in a $20 tournament that had, like, 1,200 players in it. And all the time, I had that I had that little ring on. And I told Holly, like, the day after I proposed, I was like, I may need that back. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> because I feel like I should be wearing it if I'm sitting at a card table because I've gone on, like, the maddest two weeks of my life. I mean, I think I won, like, $15,000 in that two weeks. Um, I mean, just something absurd, you know what I mean? And it literally, well, was yeah, just, for those for the limits you were playing, that was absurd. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I mean, that one t tournament was the two the the one tournament the four thousand at two. I mean, that was like whatever that was, almost five that grand, pay? five grand, I think. Oh, geez. Um, for t on two dollars, um, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, the twenty the third and the twenty dollar tournament was like six or six, maybe five or six. Um, Jeez. and then there was like some normal, but anyways, um, and thankfully I got my money out of poker stars before all that crazy oh, went down. Good. Yeah. But, yeah, um, see, I, I've never played online. I mean, I'm so old school. I played maybe twice and you know, and, and when Chris Moneymaker won that tournament, 
I had just been in a terrible car wreck and finally was able to get back to work. I said, I just, and stud went out the window. I mean, everybody came in. I said, I'll just heal up. I I was hosting a 75-150 stud game at the Hustler. I said, I just want to heal up enough to go back to work deal. And I went back to Hollywood Park to deal because I knew, you know, everybody working there. And uh, so I went back and all these young kids had come in and they said, we want to play that all in thing. Uh, they didn't even know what it was. They just knew because the moneymaker, that's, I mean, that's what he started. Seriously. And, and I'm a diehard stud player and it just pretty much went by the wayside and I haven't played much since. <laughs> Well, it is such a different, I mean, I, you know, it's so, so in other words, it, you hate it like that you, <laughs> cause your game yes. kind of went, went, went away. Yes. Exactly. No, it's not that I can't play Hold'em. I'm not a, I mean, and I'm certainly a decent enough player if, you know, if there were just, you know, tourists or, you know, just locals that aren't real good playing, um, I could I could win, but I I prefer limit because I'm used to limit stud. But uh, I'm I'm not the greatest holding player, and I haven't studied. A, you know, back then, until Doyle's book came out, we really didn't have books. You know. Um, yeah, you learned by finding, and, finding somebody who'll yeah. help you, or just playing as much as you could. Yeah, and, and forget about you know telling bad beat stories or poker story. People go, well, analyze this hand. People have all these, you know, they, they pay people to go and watch their hand histories and tell, oh, my goodness, I'm just, you know, I'm so old school. That just is crazy to me. I, and I'm sure it helped, you know. If I wanted to be a good player, I'd probably need to do that. But I guess it made it easy when I could go home at night and discuss a particular hand with the best player. With the best player in the world? world. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> that helps. I probably, did, I probably didn't need to read a book, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's funny though. Like but, he wrote, he wrote part of the book. <laughs> I know he did. I know he did. He, I mean, that's a few people contribute in that book. Um, yeah. Here's what's crazy though, or or not crazy, but I think it feels like though now a lot of the people that are, you know, your serious pros, right? People that are legitimately playing high stakes for a living, that the mixed game format is really coming back. I mean, because again, like that's more of a uh, at least I've heard interviews and stuff with people saying that they, you know, a lot of your players play mixed game because they want to feel like they're more well-rounded as a player. Because then to your point, like most of your rooks and fish and, you know, dead money guys are playing no limit. Cause that's what they know. Cause it's on TV. Um, so I, I mean, it seems like now, I mean, I was just heard an interview with, I think it might've been Negranu or Negranu. Um, but basically talking to, um, the WSOP guys and, talking to them about trying to add more mixed games to the WSOP schedule. So maybe Stud yeah, maybe Stud will come back. I didn't realize that that they went that mixed games went out. I thought that, I mean some of those guys were so good at the games they played that nobody wanted to play with them. Right. So in order to I mean people don't realize I think way back when we had one tournament a year. It was the World Series. And then Slim started his um he, I think, has started at the Hilton, moved up to Reno, then Tahoe, and then I think back to Caesars. The the uh, oh, I can't think of the name of it. 
Super Bowl of poker. Mm -hmm. So then we had two tournaments a year. But besides that, I mean, if there weren't tourists in town, guys like Chip and Doyle and those guys didn't have a game to play. Right. You know, uh, there was so eventually, you know, of course, once the poker craze caught hold and more and more players uh, started playing. Well, back in the day, the rooms pretty much would not allow no limit except during tournament time because the good players got the money and the suckers got broke. And we won't call them suckers. We'll say the... <laughs> you, can the it. you can say suckers. It's all right. Yeah. Um, and then they there was nobody to keep their games going for them all day. So they they didn't allow no limit way back when. But after Moneymaker, there was such an influx of, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of new players that they could have no limit. So, you know, it was just a funny, uh, way different way of life back then. Now there's so many tournaments and then so many tournaments at the tournaments and so many rebuy. I don't like rebuy tournaments. Of course, I understand that's how they make their guarantees. But, you know, like I say, I'm old school. You know, I'm just pretty set in my ways. And like somebody somebody described it pretty well one time. They said, yeah, rebuy tournaments. How do you want to have to, how are you going to like having the bus Chip Doyle and Johnny Chan and Stewie <laughs> six times? <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of rebuys either. I mean, I get it now that, you know, but you even have guys now when you watch a lot of this, you know, the videos and stuff online and that, you know, they go with a certain number of bullets. They go prepared right. to buy back in like three and four times. And, uh, right. yeah, that's, um, I'm not a fan either. So much so now that I hate that they call it, that they call the non rebuy tournaments freeze outs. I think, isn't that right? Where mm. they say that yeah. you can only lose once. Like I'm like, wait a second, don't give that a name. That's how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> right. Well, it was always called a freeze out. Of course, then they had the. Uh, uh, oh, my mind's not thinking today. Where you played one table, and the winner from each table advanced. Oh, okay. I can't even think what that's called and that's not bad i mean it's still just one rebuy i can't think of the name of the darn tournament it'll come to me um but those weren't bad my mom actually came to california and she sat and watched while i played and i came in second in my table and she was jumping as she's like oh you did great i said no mom i did as poorly as i possibly could i wasted all this time for nothing <laughs> yeah exactly that's hilarious but she didn't know. She uh, she called me one day and she said, well, she said, I think I could. My mother's 91 now, but this was maybe, you know, 20 years ago. But she said, you know, I think I could probably play that Hold'em, that Texas Hold'em stuff. I said, really? She said, well, I was watching. She said, and I saw Chip playing and that old letterer guy drew out on the river on him. <laughs> I started cracking up. I said, I think you got it down, Mom. <laughs> That's hilarious. But, you know, like I said, maybe maybe Stud makes a comeback. I've actually grown quite fond of Omaha. Of Omaha. So, I, you know, I found actually a couple games in town, like home games, um, so I can scratch that itch every once in a while. But I like to play different kinds of games. You know, I, I think it's, again, if you, I feel like if you do want to call yourself a poker player, you need to learn different game types. Oh, yeah. Well, even, you know, when I was in Vegas and I was dealing, uh those mixed games, the ones with stud, I got to tell you, the stud round was the most boring thing. <laughs> and nobody even wanted to play the stud. It was crazy. 
I think I think because stud is such a big game, you know, it's obviously you've got more more cards, you've got more betting streets. The more betting streets, the more skill involved. Uh, and if you play it right, the pots get really, really big. And uh, I think people just don't even want to be bothered with it. I don't know. But I, to me, it's it's the best game. Yeah, it is. Here's the thing for me why I think why stud's hard for me. Because I like to actually play it because it's, um, again, it's just a different kind of game, right? So it keeps it interesting. Um, but for me, stud is about knowing what's out. Right. Like you got to and, and I, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm hard with like I have a hard time like, you know, you're we've talked about this like you can eyeball the board right or the table. Mm-hmm. I can't keep track like I have. I'm trying to remember suits and you know what I mean? Like right. what's well, out or my outs gone? Exactly. I know. And I'm just not good at it. So stud for me is hard because I, I can't. And, you know, and then people fold out fast, you know, and you can't, and you're trying but to you keep gotta track. But you got to be in a seat where you can really see the cards well, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. Nobody can play eight hours of stud effectively. It's too taxing on your brain and your eyes. I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I still like to play it, but I have a hard time with it because I'm just not fast enough, and it, my memory is not good enough, I think. So and then don't play it. <laughs> I, I do like it. I mean, you know, and we'll occasionally have some home games where we do like different rounds, like where we, you know, uh-huh. we switch games up and that's okay. I mean, so. But I bet the, I bet the stud hands are boring, aren't they? Yeah. But you know, what's funny about when I, with stud in home games is everyone stays in the whole almost, you know what I mean? Like oh, you've got to okay. almost. Well, then that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't know the, you know what I mean? They're not playing by any sort of rule. I mean, they're just operating right. under that thing of like, you know, Oh, well I've got, you know, after fifth street, I've got three to a flush so I could maybe go run a runner flush. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right. it's, it's well, that. <laughs> I started with ace king in the hole. <laughs> yeah. The Holden players would come over and play stud once in a while and they were terrible. Of course. I think it, and Chip always said stud players had a way better time adapting to hold them than hold them players did to stud. I think for that very reason. Now, a lot of people will question that, but I'm just going by what he said and I kind of tend to believe him. Yeah. So what I would find is when I'm in those home games and play stud, I tend to do pretty well because I just, when I've got it or when I start well, I just hammer the, you know what I mean? I just hammer the pot mm-hmm. and everybody just comes along. So, well, that that's the funny part. People try to bluff in those crazy games like that. You don't have to. They're going to call you when you have something anyway. Exactly. So right. You don't really. <laughs> I mean, I played one to three dollar limit stud. So it started off six card stud, and then that went by the wayside. I was underage in Vegas, and uh, so I had to start playing seven card stud. And I'm telling you, that extra card felt like a million cards. I mean, you talk about changing the odds. Oh, my God. I mean, Ace-King could win a lot of pots in six stud. He wasn't going to win any in seven. I mean, you know, very rarely. But uh, I played it for a living for two years. And, you know, you just, people call. They're like, why did you raise so much? Because they call me anyway. Why not? Exactly. (laughs) So you went to Vegas, what, in 72? Is that right? Uh Uh-huh. And yes. you were right out of high school? Yes. So what, I mean, what did you just, were you just adventurous? Was there something that, something that pulled you out there? Or you just wanted to go check it out? Oh, my parents divorced. My sister got married. My mom and I moved back in, 
into the city of Tulsa from Bixby. <laughs> Bixby, Oklahoma. <laughs> the, end, the end of my junior year. What a great time. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so my mom and I had a big fight after, you know, high school. And she said, well, of course, you know, I was thinking about going to college. I really wasn't sure where I was going to go. We had this big fight. She's like, well, you haven't even decided. I don't think you should go. I said, well, fine. So my my ex-boyfriend's mom, who I'm still very, very close with, <laughs> this is how many years later, 46, 47, I don't know. Anyway, um, she called me out. She said, you and your mom are going to kill each other. She said, you need to go out there. Neil was my ex-boyfriend. She said, Neil's Aunt Dottie lives in Vegas. You need to go out there. She'll get you set up. So... Two days later, I was on a plane to Vegas, and Dottie, well, she was a 32-year-old grandmother. We'll start with that, okay? <laughs> and not, you know, hey, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying she was a little wild, and um, she was wild. <laughs> she played poker, though. She was an ex-barrel racer, rodeo gal, and we went to the Golden Nugget one day. We literally were right off the farm. She had her horse. She was champion barrel racer and she had her horse there and we'd been out riding horses i had my hair in braided pigtails and we walked into the golden nugget poker room and she sat down to play five card draw quarter annie open on anything check and race of course they didn't id anybody back then i had big boobs and a low-cut top they didn't care that's all you need uh, <laughs> And I was fascinated and sat behind her four or five times before I finally ventured into a game by myself. And I met this bitch who check-raised me, and I almost started crying. <laughs> I said, well, she checked. And they said, well, it, it, it's legal, honey. I said, well, that's really tacky. <laughs> and I, I hated her. Her name was Natalie. <laughs> and one day I went to the Nuggets, <laughs> Some things you just remember, you know, like it was yesterday. Sure. And I got stuck sitting at the lunch counter in the Golden Nugget coffee shop. Now, they still had, you know, the red velvet and gold wallpaper. You know, it was like an old-time brothel-looking place. And I had to sit next to her at the lunch counter. It was the <laughs> only seat open. And she started talking to me. And pretty soon she started talking about her daughters. And I looked at her. I said, you're a mother? <laughs> She said, yes, and she pulled out a picture of two of the most gorgeous children. I still have that picture. Within a month, I was the girl's godmother. I'm now the proud god-grandmother of five. Of course you are, because that's you. <laughs> Everybody loves you. It's automatic. Oh, thank you. And, and Natalie, well, Natalie and her husband were both very good players and taught me how to play right. Dottie, unfortunately, wasn't a very good player. But when the draw game fizzled out downtown, we moved out to the dunes. I quit my legal secretary job and just started playing one to three for a living for two years. Finally turned 21 and went to work dealing. That's why along the way, Chip and Danny came to town. He asked me to play in the mixed doubles tournament. By this time, I had gotten married and I was married. I, when I turned 21, I went to work at Silver City dealing just to to see if I could, you know, something to fall back on. 
And um, But Chip asked me if I'd play in the mixed doubles event with him. Of course, I was very flattered. He had seen me win every day at the Dunes, you know, almost. And wasn't well, Chip, is that, was Chip the run in the room at the Dunes at that point? Well, not then, when he first came to town. No, he and Danny came to town. And, I mean, they just sweat. They called them the Goldust Twins. I mean, all you heard was Chip and Danny, Chip and Dan, <laughs> Chip and Dan. And nobody had ever seen the likes of, of these two. But uh, so, so I <laughs> remind Chip, don't forget, honey, I was a professional poker player when you were still in college, okay? <laughs> <laughs> He said, he said, you're, you're right, honey. And if we ever get heads up, I'll, I'll let you win. I said, and what makes you think I couldn't? <laughs> <laughs> he just thought that was so funny. <laughs> he taught me all I know. Unfortunately, he didn't teach me everything he knew. But, uh, yeah, after I, I, had, I was divorced by the time the World Series rolled around. By then, Chip had started running the room at, at the dunes. He just wanted to make sure... They had a place to play, you know, and uh, so he took over the poker room at the Dunes. Actually, he he had me start coming in playing his money just to hold games together, and then <laughs> one day he called me. He said, "Can you play? Can you play blackjack?" I said, "Well, yeah, of course I thought I could. You know, I knew <laughs> basic strategy." <laughs> well, Stewie owed some mob guy seventy thousand. Oh my God! And Chip, Chip was barred everywhere in Vegas from playing blackjack. <laughs> by the way, this is so we, by the way this is Stewie Younger who she's talking about. Who is, I, I mean, almost a savant. I think they would say like he was a, a oh, crazy yeah, gin player, right? Like he was like probably the best gin player in the world or somewhere thereabouts, right? So, no, wait, 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 wait. There is no probably to it. Okay. No, there is nobody that even comes close to being as good as Stewie, and probably never will. I mean, it was—he was so freaking smart and scary playing Jim. He said he was a freak of nature. I mean, he really was. I think I and remember. Then he went on to win. Go ahead. Yeah, one, 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 back-to-back World Series titles, right? Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I think I remember reading a story somewhere about. Some Japanese guy came into town wanting to play him in gin. Um, and I think Jewy, uh, Stewie was just crushing him. And there was something he asked him about, and he's like, well, I know what cards you have. You know what I mean? And the guy didn't believe him when he said he knew what cards he had. <laughs> and he bet him oh. something like 100000 that he couldn't name his card, number, and suit for every card that he had. And Stewie just rattled off, you know what I mean, the 10 cards in his hand that he was holding. Well... I've heard a similar I may have gotten it wrong. I can't remember. I I read it a long time ago. but Bob Stupak bet him that he couldn't count down a six-deck shoe and then tell him what the last card was. Get out of here. He did it? He did it, but it it turns out it's kind of an old parlor trick. It's it's basically counting the cards and the suits. It's more of a plus and minus type of thing than actually knowing. Oh, I got you. So it's just that there's math, right? There's some kind of math you can do to... Right, but but he was a, a, and like Stewie said, he said, you know, Michael Jordan was MVP what three four times, you know, in his career. He said, if they had an MVP for Jen, he said, I'd have won it every year since I was fifteen, and he's right. I mean, he's absolutely right. I mean, for you know, thirty years he'd have won it. 
<laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So anyway, I just wanted people that didn't maybe know to know who this guy was, and he actually passed away really young. But um, yeah, but uh, addictions. Yeah. yeah so anyway, a lot of demons. <laughs> so studio somebody seventy k. Chip can't play anywhere. <laughs> um, and he and Chip asked you if if you can know blackjack. So what happened after that? <laughs> so Chip's sister was a good blackjack player. So we went to Reno and Lake Tahoe, and we stayed up for three straight days, oh, and got Stewie's money back. Oh wow! Of course. Stewie had such a temper. <laughs> we won and got comped everywhere. Stewie lost and got barred. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> but we got his money back, and then little by little, Stewie uh, was such a sucker in the pit. He'd win all this money playing gin back on. He didn't play poker yet at this time. Stewie won all this money playing gin, and he'd come to Vegas and dump it in the pit. So he got Chip kind of reinstated to play blackjack in some of these at the Aladdin in particular. And by so after after this trip to Reno and Tahoe, then Chip and I started dating, and then we were together twenty four seven for five years basically. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we got Stewie's money back. We <laughs> Stewie didn't he didn't even take as much as a toothbrush with him. Gosh. Not a change of clothes. Nothing. He borrowed Chip's sister, Nancy. He borrowed Nancy's sweater, and by the end of the trip, he handed it back. She said, you can either keep it or burn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so interesting, like, when we've talked before, like, you know, again, I think that people don't understand that um, back then that it wasn't like it is now, like all TV and glamour, right? So, um, you know, poker players were not you know for the most part right didn't people sort of feel like they were kind of degenerates oh yeah poker players have always been well and still to some degree are considered kind of outcasts you know i mean go back to you know to to doyle and slim and and puggies i mean they had to go on the road you know they they'd travel around and go to private games they said boy if you heard that door getting busted in you hoped it was the cops um, right. <laughs> Doyle said, yeah, everybody talked. Well, I ain't never snitching, you know. Doyle said, they asked somebody, whose game is it? And then he said, they put that gun right to my neck and said, whose game is it? He said, I pointed and said, it's his right there. <laughs> it's his game. <laughs> well, but when you think yeah. it- when, when you think about it, though, I mean, it kind of was like the like, I mean, you sort of see this portrayed in movies, but right, like those guys would get in the car and drive somewhere you know, and playing a game in some back room and, you know, a guy could, yeah. if they lost somebody could pull a knife on them or a gun or, you know, God Absolutely. knows what. Well, and you know, that's when, you know, it started getting so bad and, and games were either getting heisted or busted. And that's when those guys finally moved to Vegas, you know, guys like, like Doyle and, you know, they, they needed a, a legal place to play. They couldn't just, you know, be worrying about the legalities all the time. So for them, it truly was the Wild West. And, uh, you know, we we came in right behind that. So we were in the more civilized, you know, we had the gorgeous dunes that I played in every day, you know, big fancy resorts and not the mega resorts they are now. But um, so it was a lot different. Like I say, you know, there were there was only the one tournament a year, but boy, the memories of those days are so great. I mean, they did it right. 
Benny Binion knew how to treat people. I mean, the, the buffets they would put on just for the poker players was crazy. And then the Golden Nugget revamped their room, or Steve Wynn bought the casino and remodeled it, and he had a big tournament. And, of course, he tried to do it Benny Binion style. He was spending 10000 a day on shrimp cocktails in the buffet just for poker Oh, players. my gosh. <laughs> this was back in the 80s. And, you know, Steve Wynn tried to keep up with Benny and Kratz. Now, I, I, I don't know Steve Wynn. I've met him a few times. But, you know, so I, I don't have anything bad to say about him. But he, uh, you know, he went to 10 times odds just like the horse you had. So the horseshoe went to 20 times odds. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, so the nugget went to 20 times odds. Then he said, oh, yeah, well, here's 30 times. Well, the nugget finally said, okay, enough. <laughs> they threw in the towel, but Benny eventually went to 100 times odds, you know. And uh, yeah, it was, I, I don't understand craps, so I can't really talk about it. But I know that was the place you got your best gamble. Well, you put don't... the money up, he'd let you bet it. Well, let me tell you about it um, real quick. Um, I didn't know it until about three years ago um, where one of my best friends, we went out there for a guy's trip and, you know, uh, you know, he said, I want to go throw dice. And I was like, I don't know how to play. And um, he said, well, let me teach you and don't ever learn because it <laughs> is the most addictive. addictive. Oh, my I know, gosh. <laughs> like you get a hot roll. There's nothing more fun than getting a hot roller on a craps table on a full craps table. I mean, it's just fun. I mean, and, you know, it's fun. Uh, you can absolutely what? get waxed. I mean, but but it's um, it's a it is yeah, a, it is big a fun adrenaline game. Rush. Sure. So anyhow. um, Yeah. And because Chip was from the East. Coast. Was he from Boston or somewhere up north? No, he's right? from Ohio. Ohio. Okay. But he went to school at Dartmouth. Oh, right. That's where you're thinking back east. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, Ivy League. so dumb guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could have gone to Dartmouth on a football scholarship, but he said, who wants to play football at Dartmouth? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so then another thing that's funny, I remember a story you telling me about, um, wasn't there a thing where, it feels like it was a little bit of a work. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Where people would come in, I think it was the Dunes, and they would say, you can play, but you have to play me and Terry. And you can play us in any order you want. Well, that story got blown totally out of proportion. <laughs> that that happened, I'll tell you who that happened with, was Mark Spirit. And what happened, Chip took over the poker room at the Dunes just to make sure they, they had a place they could play, the big players could play. And then not too long after he took over, you know, in a few months, then uh, Doyle and Eric Drake opened up the poker room at the Silverbird, the old Silver, or uh, the old Thunderbird. Mm -hmm. So pretty much all the action went there. You know, and Chip's like, oh boy, you know. I mean, he, he didn't really want to run a poker room. You know, he just wanted to be sure uh, that they could play. So there really weren't a lot of games going on at the Dunes. So what happened, Chip was playing some guy heads up, and Mark walked in and wanted to play. I guess Chip was playing a freeze-out with somebody. 
He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, if you want to play, play L. Uh, my nickname was L1, short for little one. <laughs> that was many, many pounds ago. Okay. Stop. <laughs> he said, you can, you can play L1. He said, but if you beat her, then you have to play me. So Mark and I played, and he beat me. And then he wound up playing Chip, and he beat him too. Now, this might have happened once or twice, and somehow there was an article written saying, you know, this was big, you know, it was all over town, you know, it was a big, not a scam, because, you know, we weren't scamming anybody. But it only happened a time or two, and he beat us. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm 90% sure he beat, well, he had to beat me to play Chip, you know. So, yeah, that got blown way out of proportion. But that, you know, he was bored. And so that was one way of Chip saying, hey, you know, stick around, you know. Of course, then that gave Chip a challenge, too, for later. (laughs) You're just being humble because you know there's some days you took some some people came in thinking they'd just play the girl. And then they get to play Chip. I think it only (laughs) happened with Mark. That's what I'm saying. Oh, really? That's it? Yes, that's what I'm saying. This whole and and somebody did an article on me and and I kept saying no really and they said oh well she's just being humble no <laughs> I'm not I mean if I if I had won I would say I won but no I, I think it only happened once or twice and I think just with Mark so anyway but uh yeah it was, it was fun times and so he eventually you know gave up the room at the dunes and uh you know we just played poker the two tournaments a year. <laughs> and I guess you guys were just playing cash the rest of the, just like all the rest of the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and if there wasn't a game, you know, cause so many times there weren't enough play. I mean, games back then to have a stud game, if we had one or two live ones, I mean, that was a pretty good game. You know, I I was talking to somebody. I said, I know I was playing, I think it was a three and 600 game at the Golden Nugget, seven card stud. Now, this is back in the early 80s. And I was still in my 20s and I was the oldest one in the game. I said, that's pretty remarkable. But here, here was the game. It was myself. Cindy Violet, David Gray, Jeff Sandow, Johnny Chan, Jackie Jean, and one or two tourists. Yeah, and one or two tourists. So, you know. (laughs) Who are you trying to take money off of out of that crowd? (laughs) Well, I think I was probably it. (laughs) Oh, stop. Um, I mean, you know, they're just... it's not like today where you got a million players, but so when there was no game for, for Chip to play in, you know, we'd take trips. I, I was his entertainment. He, he and Danny came to town together and Danny got so hooked on drugs. Chip knew he had to get away from him. You know, he just had to separate himself from Danny. Right. So I replaced Danny. <laughs> Chip and I moved in together and, you know, I was supposed to put him on a diet, make him work out. And I didn't know if I was his trainer, his girlfriend, I, his cook. I wasn't quite sure. What that was. <laughs> <laughs> but the closest we ever came to having a fight was about food. 
the first few weeks we were together, he said, promise me you won't fix me. I'm going on the diet. Promise me, Elle, don't fix me anything else. I said, I won't. About two hours later, well, I'll start tomorrow. No. <laughs> no he, I mean, he had reiterated. Now, no, give me your word. You won't fix me anything. Okay. So, you know, and then I'm like, no. He's like, oh, come on, honey. I'll, I'll, I'll start tomorrow. No. He's like, oh, really? Okay. So he called... Chateau Vegas, which was like the gourmet restaurant in town, and ordered Chateaubriand for two, for one. <laughs> <laughs> Had the taxi pick it up and uh, didn't talk to me for a day or two. And uh, he finally, we had some people over, and he said, or we went somewhere, and we were around a big group of people. He said, can you believe how mean I was to her? She didn't do anything wrong, and I was so mean. <laughs> I said, I really don't give a shit if you eat or not, but I gave you my word, and I was sticking to it. That's the closest we ever came to having a fight <laughs> was over food. Never a crossword. I mean, ever. <laughs> it was just fun 24-7. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. I mean, it's funny, too, like those guys that it's, you know, it's it seems like that there were, or at least I remember us talking before about their lives, their lives were just so not normal, right? And and I oh, and I hate using yeah. the word I hate using the word normal because I don't like. But you know, it's like fantasy land. Yeah, you're just in a world where you know it's not. You're not you know getting up and you know putting on a shirt and tie and grinding it out to work or you know where you have to worry about the things that people you know like it's like well if I go to jail I you know I'll get fired from my job and I'll do whatever or. If I just decide I want to sleep for three days, I'll lose my job. You know what I mean? If it's like it, right, it's just we could do whatever, whenever, and and having, you know, what seemed like an endless supply of money sure made it fun. You know, he uh, when we moved in together, the, when Chip and Danny lived together, they had a party house. I mean, it was nonstop partying. Quaaludes was the big drug of choice back then, I guess. And they would have buckets full of Quaaludes in the fridge, and people would just come and take hands full. Holy cow. And, uh, oh, I know, it was crazy. So we moved, and they had Little C Blue Cab was the cab company in town, and they would have them pick up everything for them. I mean, everything. So when we moved in together, you know, Chip would say, okay, call the cab and have them go pick up, you know, the food. I said, well, that's just ridiculous. That's so silly to waste that money. I'll go get it. And he and Danny would look at each other, and they'd just start laughing. They'd say, <laughs> she'll learn. <laughs> and I did eventually. You know, it's like it didn't matter why I bust my butt. The, the money just, you know, was always plenty of money. So I finally, you know, relented. And Whittle C. Blue Cab just, you know, could bring whatever. My my friend Jackie and I are going to write a book. We've we've actually started the very beginnings, and so I don't. She'll kill me if I tell too many stories. But oh, there's endless stories of cab companies and Danny and and uh, anyway. Sadly, he's gone too. Only like eight but, people are going to listen to this, so don't worry about ruining any um any uh any of your stories in the book. <laughs> <laughs> don't oversell yeah, my but, listenership. It's not that big. No, you got to buy a book. No, yeah, no I'll buy, I will buy a book. I told, uh, hey, I, t I told you in 2003, I thought you needed, you should write a book. Uh, yeah, well. So thankfully, you know, 15 years later, apparently you're going to get it done. 
Uh, apparently, we're. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I, I'm so busy. You know, with family issues, and you know, my mom's in a nursing home, but I try to see her every day. I, Cleaned out her house, got it ready to sell, and got the bright idea to move in it. So I moved in it, and then my house didn't sell. So now I've moved back in my house, and I'm selling mom's. And, you know, my sister's got a lot of health issues, and she finally just had a back surgery. So I was trying to get out to the World Series, you know. So I thought, okay, once she has her surgery, it was outpatient, but still. Um, Well, now she tells me she can't drive for six weeks. She just had it. Monday. <laughs> so I guess I won't be making the World Series this year either. <laughs> you think there's any chance you ever go back to Vegas full time? Well, I've said no, I would never. Um, just because I didn't like it. It got too big, too corporate. And of course, once Chip was gone, I told Ellie Alezra, who I didn't really know, but I met through Chip and through Johnny Chan. And I said, well, Ellie, he, Ellie finally figured out he made the connection who I was, you know, that I'd been with Chip. I walked in the in Bobby's room one day, and Chip said, well, come here and give me a kiss. So I walked over and gave him a kiss on the cheek, and Ellie said, oh. I said, oh, no, been there, done that. <laughs> he started laughing. <laughs> he finally figured out, years, you know, several years later, that was me. And I told him, I said, well, I'm moving back to Oklahoma. I said, you know. Vegas just isn't the same without Chip. He said, nothing's the same without Chip. And that's, I've never met, well, and I know there's a million people, but I've never personally met somebody that impacted so many people the way he did. His little league coaches flew out from Ohio to attend his funeral service. He had friends that he grew up with from the time his parents his parents were friends with, you know, when they got married and the kids grew up together and they stayed lifelong friends. He, he had five of his buddies come out and run the, run the poker room at the dunes. They didn't know that much about running a poker room. They knew nothing, but he knew he could trust them, which back then was pretty important. So, you know, he just impacted so many lives. His best friend, he put through medical school, Chuck, and then Chuck was out in Vegas on vacation one year and Max chips backgammon buddy Max was doing coke and had a seizure and Chuck saved Max life right there in our house. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then Chuck wound up having a brain aneurysm. He ran the ER at a hospital in Chicago. A few years later, he had a brain aneurysm and died in his own ER. Oh, I mean, I know, and Chip telling me about his funeral, and, you know, my God, how how awful it, you know. He said, I just I just stood there by the coffin talking to him when everybody else was, you know, gone. He said, I just, and then, you know, within a year or two, Chip was gone. It was, you know, it was just freaky, um, you know, the strange set of circumstances. I, he and Doyle both had that gastric bypass, and I'm still not convinced that that's, somehow didn't contribute it seems like people that have that surgery just don't do well with it yeah and i think that you're you know another thing is just your your body is under i mean it's a it's such a huge thing it's i can't imagine and your body's already you know a lot of times too the body's under a lot of stress because of the weight anyway um Mm -hmm. so it just becomes there's a lot going on you know 
Um, I mean, he, he loved it. He loved being able to eat whatever, whenever. He fought his weight his whole life. And, you know, he was so thrilled. And, you know, once he once he had it done, he told me how great he felt. But he just never looked the same to me. You know, I was thrilled that he was happy, you know, that he felt good. But I just, you know, in the back of my mind, I wonder. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, and it's so hard when you have someone that's still pretty young and, you know, I mean, 56, I think 56 or, or seven. you know, really young. So, and, yeah. and, you know, you're right. I mean, cause even, like I said, my interaction with him was pretty darn limited, but it was really great. I mean, you know, he did, you know, it's, you can, you I don't know. I'm a pretty good judge of people and I could even tell just in the few minutes, 25 minutes well, or whatever it was, you know, he just well, seemed like such a generous guy. Yeah, you know, he was just down to earth. You know, he was just like the guy, just one of the guys, you know. He never put on airs. He wasn't, you know, a big flashy dresser, didn't care for jewelry. Um, just never. The only reason he and Doyle flew first class was because of their size. <laughs> the seats were bigger. Yeah. <laughs> they they always had a nice big Lincoln because they were big. Right. <laughs> So, you know, but it's it, not a pretentious bone in his body. His sisters, I'm still in touch with his sisters. Same with them, you know, just as down to earth and and sweet and nice. That good old mis- Midwestern upbringing, I think. <laughs> sure. I mean, and it's something to just not get caught, you know, to be able to not get caught up. In all, I mean, especially because like we talked about, they came from a time when it was really crazy. I mean, and yeah. they got to sort of see the entire life. Well, you have too. You know, you've gotten to see this entire evolution of the game, which has to be extraordinary. I mean, considering where you started and what right. poker right. was to where it is today. I mean, it's just it's completely insane. I mean, how the evol- how much the, the the evolution of not the game but the community around the game. Well, and what's so funny, and I don't know if any of your your listeners are members of Real Grinders. It just by a sheer fluke, I met this guy that started a Facebook group and a website named Raymond Davis, and he started Real Grinders, and I'm part of it, and and you're on there, and yes. um, but how thrilled all these, especially the younger kids, seem just entranced. They love the old history. I mean, they just you know they they eat it up. They love the old pictures I post. And uh, I said, well, geez, I finally have somewhere I can, I can share them. You know, we've got over 7,000 members now in the group. So, uh, you know, and a lot of them are my own pictures. Some of them are out of a, an old book I have called Poker Face, which Marcus Conti actually ruined the cover on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. He yeah, killed something that kid. That's hilarious. <laughs> Gotta love Marcus. I do Plessis love Hart. him. He's fantastic. Yeah, but these uh, these old black and white pictures are from that book. So are they mine? Well, I didn't take them. I, although I did take a few. We just didn't take pictures back then. You know, like Chip would say, it's, it's evidence. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> well, Can you I imagine mean, if cell every- phones had been around back when you guys were running around uh, <laughs> doing all that stuff? Well, you know, back then the IRS could come and take whatever they wanted when they wanted. They could drill your lockbox. I mean, it was crazy until Billy Baxter took it. Well, I think it didn't go to the Supreme Court, but it was about to go to the Supreme Court. And they said, no, gambling, 
can be a profession. And until he did that, I mean, we all owe him a big debt of gratitude. Uh, he He's on that podcast, the people that yeah, did the one yeah. I, I did. He, have you ever listened to his? I have not listened to his. I'll have to go back and listen to it. Yeah, I mean, he's got some great story. Now, he's from uh, Georgia. <laughs> I forget where. But he got that real southern accent. His his accent's stronger than yours. But uh, he's got some great stories. So, yeah, but he, before that, you know, it'd be like, well, first of all, Chip didn't like pictures being taken because, you know, he's always weight conscious. And uh, second, oh, oh, here's pictures of you all in Hawaii. Well, how did you pay for that trip, Mr. Reese? You know, I mean, it was always a worry with the IRS, so. We just didn't take, you know, wouldn't I love to have taken more pictures back then? My sister says she's got some of all of us from back then, and she's got to dig them out, but she'll have a few that I haven't had. And they're they're fun to share. People just, because those guys are long gone now, you know, and guys like Stewie and Chip, there will never be another one quite like either one of them, really, as far as I'm concerned. Well, sure. And, I mean, you're, you know, the other thing that's, you know, at least with Chip, I mean, the few times I've ever run into people that are really part of the poker community, especially the Las Vegas poker community, um, he's just so revered. I mean, they named the $50,000 buy-in horse tournament, which again, you non-poker people, that's a mixed game tournament, and each letter of horse stands for a game. So you play Hold'em, you play Omaha, you play Raz, you play Stud, and you play Omaha 8 or better. Um, and that's where the horse comes from. Um, they name that, and it's a fifty thousand dollar buying trophy. So the only people that are generally playing in that right are for real pros, right? Because not only do you have to know all the games, but you got to have enough money to play in that game or play in that tournament. And they named the trophy. And, and trophy he after won him. the first one. Yeah, he, he did. won the first. One. And they've named and, you know, and pretty much everybody knew he would or figured he would. Of course, you know you got to get lucky too. And and I hear he did get lucky at the end, but you know, so, you know, like he say, well. I'm titled. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Absolutely. I'm actually yeah. really I'm actually really glad to hear, you know, that that's one of the things that I think I've come back to. Well, I've always been a little bit of old soul old soulish, but I've come back to it and I'm glad to hear that younger people I think a lot of time when you're younger, you're younger you ignore the historical bits. Well, you know? yeah. And, and, I mean I just remember Absolutely. when, yeah, I just remember. So, and this was me, you know, and I think especially if you love things like I'm that way about baseball. So I know a ton about baseball history because I played for a long time. So, right. you know, I, I, I loved it so much. I wanted to know, but that's a funny story. My buddies looked at me like I was crazy, but when I went out to Vegas for my bachelor party, um, which was the first time I actually got to play poker in Vegas. <laughs> um, I told them, they were like, well, w- w- how long are we going? I said, I'm going for a week, and we're going to stay at the Bellagio, but I want to stay at Binion's the first night. Oh, yeah. And so we booked a room at, at Binion's, and I said, because I just want to play cards there, like that right. whole day, because I want to sit there and think about all the people that have sat here and played, right. you know? So... And it was because, I mean, you almost can't 
you almost can't build a bigger juxtaposition between the Bellagio and Benny. Right. <laughs> um, but and that was nice, and we wanted to go stay somewhere nice and do all that. But I just felt like. I just felt like, and it sounds super hokey, and I'm not one of these kind of, you know, sort of people that are into these kinds of things, but it just well, it's felt very sentimental. There yeah. was, it felt like you could feel it. You know what I mean? Like sitting in that room, like you just could feel it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's where all these ledge, these titanic figures in a game that you love so much sat in that room and played cards. And, and I've, posted some pictures. I don't know if you saw the one I posted. They would squeeze so many poker tables into their little Baccarat pit. Oh, wow. And I, I showed pictures. I, I posted a picture of that not too long ago on the site. And it was just, you couldn't squeeze. I mean, here people playing and you're squeezing, I mean, literally inches in between chairs and you're bumping them and, and, you know, getting by, but, and like Chip said, I love the electricity. It's just electric in here and just being, and some of the pictures I post, you can see the the spectators are right up, like breathing down their yeah. necks, literally. It's just crazy. And you could smoke in there, cigars yeah. or cigarettes, pipes. Ugh. How did we put up with it? But we did. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just great times back then. You don't want to talk about something that's so weird. So now I, I go up to Cherokee to Harris Cherokee a fair amount, um, because mm -hmm. they have a, they have a full live room. They had a, a number of years. They had those electronic tables. Um, oh. yeah, where you don't, where you play against other people, but there's no cards or dealers, right? Which is wow. the worst thing ever. Like worst idea. Whoever came up with that, like go away. Right. Um, All right. But I think for them, it was just, you know, it's an investment and they have to. But the it's funny because the card room there is um, non-smoking, but the floor of the casino there is you can still smoke. And it's amazing right. because I used to smoke. Right. So but like to this day, like when I walk into the main doors or you come into the main casino and I'm like, oh, my God, that smell just hit you. And I'm just like, oh, this is awful. I need to get upstairs oh, to the card room as soon as possible because there's no smoking allowed up there. Yeah, it's like I say. I mean, even the casino here in Tulsa, the Osage Casino. Yeah, you could smoke in the casino, but um, not in the poker room. But still, you had to get to the poker. I can remember being on an airplane years ago, and they had the smoking section in the back. Like that and matters <laughs> on I, a yeah, plane. <laughs> I had I had to go to the restroom, which was in the back of the plane, and by the time I got to the bathroom, I threw up. The smell was so bad. And then I was, I, I, I couldn't figure out how I was going to get back to my seat. <laughs> oh my God. It was disgusting. So do you, so real grinders, which again, I'm in the, in the group. Um, and like you said, you mentioned Raymond and Jackie Jean, um, mm -hmm. and Johnny Chan is one of the pros, right? For the, yeah. The and the Todd group. Brunson, Daniel Negrano just joined our group. He's been posting podcasts every day. Um, so you can, kind of take it in and I'm surprised more people aren't watching them. I mean, he takes you through his day when he gets up, what he has for breakfast, he goes to play soccer or he goes to Negranu. You know, oh gym. yeah. I watch all yeah. his, 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 they and, call them, they call them vlogs, vid vlogs video yeah. logs. Yeah. Vlog I watch video, them all. Yeah. I just watched one today and from where he got to the just, heads up for the, I just um, think it's, 
course, I, you know, I lived that lifestyle. I, yeah, I was different then, but still, you know, the, a day in the life of a high roller, I lived it. But you'd think more people would be interested in that. I mean, I am. I think it's fun to watch him. And he seems like a really down-to-earth, nice guy to me. I, I, I've i only met him once, dealt with him once. I, I liked him then. He doesn't know me from Adam, but I, I like, you know. He just seems down to earth, and he and he gets on. He he'll comment on the website once, and you know, on the on the Facebook group. Somebody go, oh, he's not going to be on here, and all of a sudden you see his little face pop up, and you go, oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sure, and and that's the thing though. It's so different now though because they're so. Um, I think the the big thing that's different is there's so many business opportunities for guys. I mean, he's a superstar, right? So that's a little different. I mean, he's in a, he's even a, in a level above the level, you know what I mean? There's certain, right, right. there's certain guys, you know, you know, obviously Chip Doyle, Helmuth, um, Daniel, you know, guys that are just, you know, Johnny Chan, like they're monster, you know, monster kind of personalities. Right, right. Um, but you know, they have on one of his, it's funny, like on one of his vlogs from the other day, you know, he's in between like on a break because he made it to the heads up to finals of the, I think, Omaha eight uh, tournament um, or it might have been a mixed game tournament. But I think it was Omaha. Um, I think it was Omaha. Yeah. And they had a break and he was back and like, you know, his I don't know who it was, if it was his lawyer or his agent or whatever, but, you know, shows up and has stuff for him to sign. You know what I mean? Like this is this <laughs> thing, you know, this business deal. That's this business thing. <laughs> And that, I mean, wow. that's obviously a lot different just because of the, the popularity of it has shifted into where there's endorsements and, you know, all these things that they have, right? Um, right. which, which those guys didn't really, I mean, granted, you may have ended up running the card room at the dune, but it's not like, you know, chip was going to be doing commercials for, you know, quick and loans right. or like something like that. You know, what's, what's funny is when I moved to California after we split up, nobody over there even knew who he was. You know, some of the guys were famous. Some weren't. Everybody knew who Doyle was. And then for a long time, Chip didn't, he just liked to stay under the radar. You know, he didn't want to be out there in the, you know, um, he, he wanted to be as unknown as possible. And then his kids kind of talked to him and they, they said, we want to see you on TV, Dad. And so he started playing tournaments, and then, of course, everybody knew who he was. Of course, his peers all knew who he was. They voted, you know, the best all-around player many years in a row, and he, he went, Doyle tells the story about how he, Chip would call him up and he'd go, well, guess who, got, guess who won this year? Ha, 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 and hang up on him. <laughs> That's, well, you know, I, mean, just, I, I actually think a big part of how – chip got to be known actually is you know because again moneymaker was kind of the first one right if you want to mm-hmm. think about like the, the the general public right people that necessarily right. weren't even card players but it cursed like how i you know of course i knew who chip was because you talked to me about him long before you know or at least right after that but it seemed like then when it really started to blow up and you started to see you know again helmuth negranu uh jennifer Harmon. Um, Cindy Violet, uh, Annie Duke, uh, you know, all those guys. Then they started doing interviews and people would start saying, well, who's the best poker player in the world? And all of them would say <laughs> Chip Reese. Right. And then people would be like, who the fuck is Chip Reese? Who is that? Yeah. Right. I know. 
And I think that's honestly how a lot of my friends got to know, because they would ask me. They would like, I saw this interview, and somebody was asking somebody who the best player in the world was, and somebody said Chip Reese. And, <laughs> you know, and then it's like that all was, these people. That was just his style. He just wasn't flamboyant. He didn't want to be known. You know, he tried to be low-key. And, uh, of course, eventually he he couldn't be. Of course, I mean, if you're talking about the first recognizable poker player, I guess we got to say Amaral was slim. Oh, of course. Yeah, like, I mean, now I'm you talking know. about not in the mod, like the TV era, not in the modern, right. like, play, tournament right. TV era. But, which, was, which was pretty funny because actually – Actually, they chose for him to be the spokesman. Doyle didn't want the notoriety, and Puggy was just <laughs> Puggy. too vile. Right. Puggy was just too much of a loose cannon. So they said, "All right, Slim, you you got to win this one." <laughs> That's absolutely. And he was a great, you know. I, I know his death. Who knows what happened? I don't know if those rumors were true. Uh, I asked Doyle's wife. Uh, I said, did did that happen? She said, well, Doyle says the Slim he knows would never have done those things. There were some allegations about things. And um, who knows if he got old and senile or if they weren't true at all. I don't know. But, uh, you know, we, we, went, we went to Europe. We went to the first Irish poker tournament. And Slim was with us. And let me tell you, going through Europe with Slim was an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's just so Texan, you know. And uh, in his cowboy hat, and he, he always looked like a cowboy, you know. And showing up at, at the George Sank in, in Paris with Slim was um, <laughs> an adventure. Anyway, yeah. It's, uh, so... So when I think about Puggy, I just think about that big old cigar. Ah, <laughs> uh, Puggy, the pugster. That's just what kind of burned in my mind. You know, he's always had that huge cigar. Puggy was quite a careful color, a colorful character. He would cheat his own. Well, no, he loved his mama, <laughs> but he might have stolen from her. I don't know, but he loved her. <laughs> That is hysterical. Um, I mean, it's we we had to get a bigger engine in our golf cart so he couldn't get ahead of us and move his ball. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Um, I mean, if there was a way he could cheat you, he was going to. That's so period. Funny. Did you see the pictures of the houseboat? Of the what? The houseboat. No. Uh, no. <sighs> Well, like I say, getting these guys to do anything, you know, especially if you couldn't bet on it, was an adventure in <laughs> itself. But one day I told Chip, I said, let's go out to Lake Mead. I said, I just feel like going out and renting a boat. He goes, oh, you want to buy a boat? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Said, no, no, I don't want to buy a boat. I just want to go out on the lake for the day. He's like, okay. So we go out, we rent a little speedboat, zip around the lake, have a great time. We get home, he calls our next-door neighbor and good friend, Billy Walters. I'm sure you've kept up with his latest ventures. I'll tell you about that in a minute. <laughs> he, uh, Billy says, no, 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 no. Billy's a big-time sports better. Anyway, he, uh, he says, no, here's what you do. He said, you don't buy a speedboat. He says, you've got to buy a houseboat. He says, I'll go in on it with you. And then you get Puggy out there on the houseboat, and the boat will pay for itself 
out of which you beat him out of playing backgammon. <laughs> we bought a two-bedroom, full kitchen, living room, houseboat. Sheesh. And it sank in one of the only tornadoes, tornadoes <laughs> to ever hit Lake Mead. And, of course, they didn't have insurance on it. They paid cash, and they booked yeah, the insurance, insurance themselves. Yeah, what's that? You know, why would they buy insurance? <laughs> on a, who knows how much it was? 100 200 that I don't even remember. Actually, Jackie Jean's boyfriend, Walter, had a piece of it, too, and they would go out and sleep on it. And uh, Walter was from Czechoslovakia. He was, he was pretty tight with his money. He, uh, he jumped the wall to escape, and then he was on a blackjack team and uh, pretty tight with money. So he and Jackie would go out and sleep on the boat from time to time, and like a week later, it sank. He's like, what do you mean there's no insurance? Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll send you a picture of the houseboat when I find it. Yeah, it's, it's too funny. I've told the story before, so Jackie can't get mad at me. Uh, letting the cat out of the bag. So what were you going to say uh, about Billy Walters? Billy Walters just got convicted of insider trading. <laughs> yes. Yes. Because he was a, somehow yeah. attached to Phil Mickelson, I think, wasn't it? The golfer? Y yes. Yes. Yeah, Billy was our next-door neighbor. His wife, Susan, loved Susan. Susan and I went to Europe together. And uh, anyway, yeah, Billy became, I mean, really big time. I told Doyle years later, I said, well, Chip said Billy's a big shot now. I said, he really is. I mean, Steve Wynn wanted the property south of the Bellagio for his golf course, and Billy, back, or Billy Walters got it, and it's Valley High Country Club. Sheesh. I mean, that's how big he is. Yeah, I mean, that's a, yeah. And uh, he, uh, anyway, yeah, somehow he and Phil Mickelson, yeah, the whole thing is, I mean, I feel bad, you know, uh, especially at his age. He's 70-something. Yeah, that's Of course, if, if, he, if he did it, well, you know, it's, I guess you, you gotta pay if you do crimes. The but, numbers, the numbers I mean, I, were kind I don't of know absurd. If he did. The numbers were really absurd. Like it was something like they were talking about in the time they said that he was doing whatever. I mean, it was like fifty or sixty million dollars. Um, I have I have no clue. That doesn't surprise me. Um, that's a that's a that's a lot of money. Um, well, he's got a lot of money. Last time I talked to him, I was asking <laughs> asking him, you know what. I knew they had several houses. He's like, yeah, and we got one down in Florida. And we got, I said, well, what about the one in Palm Street? Oh, yeah, that one, too. <laughs> I said, I, I have to call you every few years and remind you where your homes are, Bill. <laughs> but, you know, he was always nice to me. He took the time out to, when my mom came to town last time to Vegas, Susan met us, and Billy actually called to say hi. Well, we all met for dinner. Billy couldn't make it, but he at least, you know, called and said hi to me and my mom which was nice but yeah you know it's it's a shame i i hope somehow it didn't happen or he gets off I, it, whatever i guess it is what it is yeah so you kind of dodged the question earlier but i'll ask again so you're saying that you're that going back to vegas is is out of the cards well i had said no i just don't like it anymore california i love I would love to go back to California. I know we didn't even so talk about expensive. that because you. I know because you were you were at 
you ba- you were around when they you helped open Hollywood Park, right? And you were at the bike, right. like you you dealt at the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, I dealt. My grandfather. I mostly played. You know, we could play on the clock, <laughs> so oh, they paid nice. me minimum wage to sit down and <laughs> and I played you know, seventy five and one fifty start, start a game. You know, I was, I was a cheap <laughs> cheap uh, prop. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, I I um. It's funny though because I don't I know how humble you are and you're so sweet but I feel like um you know you're you're such a you're such a integral part of the history and you have people that are not I I just you know I feel like I'm glad you're involved with the group right with real grinders because I just feel like that you're the universe intends for you to be around poker I mean, I, you well, know. that's sweet to say. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, like I say, it was just kind of a fluke. Um, uh, how it started. Todd Brunson friended me on Facebook, which you know, I mean, I've known Todd since they lived down the street from us. Billy since he Walters was a baby. lived next door. <laughs> well, no, I tell people I say I've known Todd since I was taller than Todd, and I'm only five feet tall. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> he told me that one day I was going in to deal to him at Aria. And he goes, oh, no, not you. I said, sit down. I've known you since I'm taller than you. <laughs> so I've known him since, he, well, I met him first when he was a baby, I guess. And then, you know, a few years later, you know, he was like in grade school. So I've known him most of his life. But, you know, not not that well. Obviously, I'd see Doyle, you know, all the time. But anyway, so Todd friended me on Facebook. And then Raymond was friends with Todd. Raymond Davis, and so Raymond friended me, and we got to talking. I just liked he did a lot of charity work with kids and helped a lot of foster kids and needy kids and old, you know, homeless people and veterans. I just liked what he was about, and we got to talking. I said, well, how did you, he's like, I don't know. I guess I saw you were friends with Todd, and we had a bunch of mutual friends. I said, oh, okay. I said, you, you know, it's kind of weird to go well do you know who i am i mean i'm nobody but i used to be around all the big guys you know and he's like no so we got to talk he's like oh my god he said when chip would go play at the hustler he said i would go and walk his dog for him <laughs> oh said, my really? gosh he said he'd always try to pay me and i wouldn't let him he said but you know he said yeah i've known chip forever raymond used to play real high and um played online a lot now he doesn't play high at all i guess anymore but you know he's he's got a pretty good hendon mob um which is a yeah just just shy just shy shy two million (laughs) yeah so pretty you know somebody's like oh he's a fraud i go well he might be but he's a pretty successful one (laughs) yeah and and that's just that's just tournament winnings yeah that doesn't include cash and you know all that other stuff. Exactly. I'm sure he's doing I, fine. I don't. I don't think uh, almost two million you can call a fraud. He's got some pretty good poker um, stats. But anyway, so it's just kind of evolved, and it's been a good outlet for me with my poker history, and and that I can at least share the pictures, and I find new pictures, I Google stuff, and you know it's very interesting. Like you were saying, it, it's hard. Um when you're kids, you don't think about the history. I didn't think about all the history. I'm finding out things. I didn't know that the the horseshoe, of course, I knew was the Apache before that, but I didn't know it was also the SS Rex. Oh, I didn't know that either. But, yes, I posted pictures of 
And some of the old timers had never heard of it either, but it's a fact. Yes, it was. It was called the SS Rex and had kind of a nautical theme. And, you know, I'm very, I'm curious now to go downtown. Some of these places, you know, I, they were just always there. I didn't realize, you know, that the, the Golden Nugget, of course, you know, looked pretty much the same in 72 as it did in 47. <laughs> that was, you know, built. And uh, probably still the same wallpaper and stuff, but you know it had that old Western saloon kind of feel to it. But I didn't realize before that it was a post office. Oh wow! Well, several things before that in 190. Well, the sign, and I thought it was a Photoshop picture of the Nugget because it said 1905. I think I just posted it yesterday. Well, because the Nugget started in 46 or seven. I guess that building was built in 05 and I've got the picture of the post office. that was in 05 and the, across the streets, the vacant lot where eventually the horseshoe would be built. But all the history I'm fascinated by now. And I want to, you know, I can't wait to go back and, and investigate some of these old places. You know, there's an area, I forget what it's called area, not area 51, but I'm saying it was something block 81 or something. Um, where all the brothels and things were downtown. Mm, wow. And that was, you know, the red light district. And some of those buildings are still there. You know, they've just built around them or added to them. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. So, yeah, I, California is so expensive. And now with this real grinders group, you know, there there's a chance I could go back to Vegas. I don't really yes. want to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, eventually California, but I mean, you know, just the way things are, I have two big dogs now. An apartment is out of the question for me for the next, you know, hopefully 12, 15 years. My puppy's two now, so um, I can't find, live you in an find apartment. A, you can find an apartment that'll take a big dog. Well, yeah, but. And it's got room where you can get them outside. Yeah, yeah, no, no, they have places. They have places where they have, like, apartments where outside they have huge common, they're, like, fenced areas. They're hooligans when I tell you. <laughs> I even I even sent her for training, and it, it's it's hard with two of them because even when I try to, you know, work with her, he thinks I'm hurting her, and he wants to get involved. And so unless I take her out in the front or backyard on a leash, and then he's inside scratching to get it's just been, I've been busy and it's just tough. So, you know, I, I figure, I figure I'm going to wind up in a mobile home in California. <laughs> I said, I can finally be trailer trash. <laughs> they, they actually have a mobile home park down by the Long Beach Marina. Of course they do. Those things are everywhere. They're all over the place. Yeah, but California, come on. I mean, I love Belmont Shore. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but oh my God, that that might be my only option. Ah. You know, to have a yard, to have some you just sort need of to, grassy. You just need to start playing stud again. You can live wherever you want. Yeah, well, good luck finding a game. <laughs> Although my friend in Chicago's, they play stud once or twice a week now, but you know, there's just none around. Well, you know, yeah, I, at, at Commerce, yeah. I just, I'm just, like I said, I, I'm just glad that you're involved with the group and I like being in the group. It's fun to, you know, listen to people talk about stuff, but I, I just think it's, it's important. This is probably selfish, but I think it's important for you to stay, be around, be around all this stuff. There's, you just well, got, you got you. too well, much, you got too much stuff in there going on. I personally think somebody needs to be talking to somebody about how you get into the hall of fame. 
So, oh, well, um, it's tough when I don't even play anymore. No, say. but that doesn't, it doesn't have to be about, I mean, that's not, I mean, so if I ever get to a position where I can take up that mantle, I'll certainly do it, but I don't know. Well, how, that's, you know. that's very sweet. Well, so, they but actually have a woman's hall of fame too, which it's so funny because I don't even know any of these women anymore that are, you know, I'm just out of the loop. That's what I'm so, saying. That's, that's why okay. you need to get back to Vegas. So you can get back in the loop. It's yeah. funny, but this is why I had it. So we were going to talk about the story. So my wife is a, you get everyone listening to this. My wife works for CNN, but um, Holly just went out and I will post it and I will post, I'll send it to you and I'll also post it in the group. But Holly just went out to Vegas to do a story on Jennifer Harmon. Um, yes. And uh, Terry was nice enough to help facilitate that. So I was like, <laughs> and this is what I mean. I said, Terry, can you tell me how to get in touch with Jennifer Harmon? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can hook her up with my wife or whatever. So so Terry made that happen in about four and a half seconds. And um, <laughs> and so Holly goes out there and they were basically trying to figure out, you know, because they wanted to, because they're doing it kind of on her and her charity work, but you can't not talk about the poker, right? So they're, you know, they were getting all that too. So they wanted to set it up because they want to get her playing. So they worked it out to go over to the Bellagio, I guess. And they're over there and Doyle walks in right to the Bellagio. Mm -hmm. My wife's hilarious because she's sort of whatever. And I actually give her props. So she sort of surreptitiously takes a picture like from a distance. And she goes, is that Doyle Brunson? She texts me and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, that's him. And she knows because she, she's heard me talk about him, you know, and I actually, believe it or not, I met, of course, I came home like a four-year-old. I played golf at this really nice country club up in North Georgia, um, and it's super exclusive, right? It's one of these, like, hyper-private places. Oh, and, is, that, is that where you ran into Dewey Tomko? Yeah, Doyle and Dewey, yeah. Right, 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 right. And, um, <laughs> and it was funny because, uh, you know, they came into the clubhouse after us. I didn't even know they were out there, but they were the group behind and, uh-huh. um, you know, of course, like I turn into like a, like a eight year old, you know I mean? I just look up and there's Doyle Brunson. Like when does that, and I'm in literally, I'm in, it's in a town called ball ground, Georgia. Oh, how funny. Um, and, but it's a, you know, like my buddy actually is the president of a bank and you know, like that, they have a corporate membership, you know, it's one of these just super swanky places. And, uh-huh. um, and it's up in the North Georgia mountains kind of, and, um, I totally wigged out. So anyways, I was like, yeah, it's him. So, but this is Terry King's story. So it's funny because Holly says that she thinks maybe he wasn't feeling great that day or whatever. Um, And I'm sure like to your point, like he can't go anywhere, right? Without getting assaulted by people. Right. So Holly just kind of walks over and it doesn't help either. You know, my wife's very pretty blonde, you know? So, (laughs) you know, and she was just like, Mr. Brunson. And he was like, yeah. And she said he definitely didn't, it wasn't, he wasn't being mean, but he just was, you know, just like, yeah, you know, what can I do for you or whatever? Uh-huh. And so she goes, well, I'm just, I'm with CNN and I'm here doing a story on Jennifer and I just wanted to say hello. And she goes, me and my husband are really good friends with Terry King. And she said that his demeanor immediately, it was like you flipped a switch, Aww. like this huge, Aww. big smile broke out across his face. And he goes, I think he said, y'all know Shorty? I was, he, he, I was always L1 to everybody but Doyle, and he called me Shorty. <laughs> now the only one left to call me, I just talked to Johnny Chan the other day. I said, John, he said, oh, I, I like hearing your voice. I said, and what do you call me? He said, L1. <laughs> I said, 
you're the only one left that calls me that. I mean, that's so sad. But yeah, I was always shorty to do it. Oh, that's so sweet. But it was so funny because she said he just absolutely, like, everything changed, right? And he's just like, oh, oh what are you doing? And what, how's Terry? And he's like, is she, how's his, and he, he literally goes, how's her mom? You know, whatever. So Aww. it was just funny, like, you know, and he's like, she's still in Oklahoma. She hasn't moved back yet, has she, or whatever. And so, <laughs> um, oh, that's sweet. So anyways. I really haven't talked to them in a while, you know. Uh, they're busy. I'm busy. You know, her health wasn't good. His wasn't that great. And, and I know he's busy, but in fact, I need, I was just thinking the other day, I need to text Pam and, uh, you know, ask her how they're doing. But I just but, think it's, uh, I think everything's better if you're around. Like, you know, you don't just like guys like that. I mean, those guys are Titans and you know, it's like, it's funny. Cause I was like the minute I said, Terry King, oh, it was like so somebody flipped a switch <laughs> and all of a sudden he was, you know, he was all excited. So well, and there again, you know, it's because I was Chip's girlfriend, you know. I mean, you know, we, we all did everything together. We lived down the street. Chip didn't want to buy the, the the house on the country club. And I said, well, your your buddy from, from grade school, his dad said this is going to be the buy of the year. He's like, no, and then Doyle bought one. Chip goes, okay, we can buy one now. I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Billy Walters bought the one next door. So, you know. A very tight knit circle back then, yeah, and, so, and still, still is, I guess, you know. Yeah, for the of most course. Part. I mean, and you know, Holly had a great time with Jennifer. She's so sweet. Um, yeah. They um. Yeah. They hit it off. I mean, I think so. Jennifer's, you know, animal charity work is, you know, very, very great. And uh, I, I really haven't talked to Jennifer in a long time. We're on Facebook and. You know, once in a while I'll hear from her, but you know, everybody. She's got those two boys, her twins, and I'm sure she stays busy for sure. Yeah, so I, I need to get back out there. Like I say, I, it's possible. I've, I've said no, I would never. <laughs> but I, well, I, I've actually precedent uh, said before that. Well, I can't say never, but highly unlikely that I ever would. But you know, now with the group and. You know, things getting big, and the website should be actually finished. And the poker room's going to be going, you know, for prizes and, and tournament packages. It can't be for money, but uh, I think that'll be good. And then you bloggers can start doing stuff. I, it's hard for me to get on there on my phone, but I said, too bad, Raymond. <laughs> I, I came aboard with my little phone, and that's what you're stuck with. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we, we had, we've had some drama in the group from time to time, and our website got hacked. And, it's 7,000 know, poker players. How could you not have drama? <laughs> <laughs> no, this was before we were nearly that big. But, uh, uh, the uh, you know, the, then the website got hacked. And, you know, just been one thing after another. But hopefully it'll be up and running and can just keep going forward. Now we got Johnny Chan on Raymond's like, well, I was doing some marketing in Asia. I said, Raymond, you're good, but you're not Johnny Chan in China, okay? <laughs> yeah, Johnny fucking Chan. That's all you need to remember, Johnny fucking Chan. Well, did you see the 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 thing they just did? We had a, a Real Grinders um, tag team event, and it was... It was Raymond Davis, Dan Highmiller, Johnny Chan, and we had a drawing. There were $5 tickets, and it was a drawing for who got the seat. Oh, wow. No, I didn't see that. 
Yeah. You must not have been paying attention. Yeah. I would and, have thrown uh, in five bucks for that. <laughs> well, no doubt. And uh, as a kid, uh, Raymond said he was just so excited. Uh, Daniel, I want to say Simmons? I'm not sure. He uh, he was just beside him. He he won the book, and then he won the drawing. I mean, the, oh, wow. the seat. So, yeah, he was just ecstatic. I think they had four prizes, and he got two of them. But Dan Heimiller busted the team. Uh, <laughs> 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 poor guy's taking some ribbing. Of course. Ray, Raymond posted. He said, well, Dan busted the team. He played the hand badly. We went to dinner. He ordered. He said, I, I picked up the tab. He said he ordered the biggest steak on the menu, and then he asked if he could have my room. And I told him, well, sure, Daniel. <laughs> Anything <laughs> else I can give you. <laughs> this is fantastic. Well, so, yeah, Johnny's been signing hats and, and shirts, and, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, definitely sweet. Well, I, you know, I'm on there. I'll still be on there. I could talk to you for a million years. Um, we should do another one of these because there's a bunch of stories that I know that I haven't even said anything about. Um, we definitely, uh, you know, you can come back to and we can promote the book when that gets ready or um, whatever. But I, I'm just, I, I'm so glad we're friends. I'm thankful you did this. I, you, you know, po- poker is such a big part of my life. Um, it's really important to me, and you're a huge reason why that's the case. Oh, I mean, well, I think, that's so sweet. Thank I think you. if I don't show up at that game and – you know, it's like I may not have even come back. I mean, I don't know, but you know, really? Well, no, I think you. I think it was it was in you to be a poker player. I really do. But I may have expedited that. I well, like that was that was such a fun night. I mean, what a was. great game that was. That was I mean, a fun by, year by candlelight. <laughs> You know, I don't know how you did. I'm guessing you won, if I remember right. I, no, no, won. no. I think I might have been up like 12 bucks. I mean, you know, I didn't lose. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Right. I think I basically left with what I came with or pretty close, which for me was a huge victory because, like I said, I came in really kind of scared. You know, I just not, well, didn't know what to expect. Didn't Well, they say the best defense is a good offense. Well, you, uh, no, I, I need to know. Are you going to have the game or not? um yeah okay um yeah the power lines are down in front watch where you step if you see them through the snow come on in it was but it was it It was was so great it was we might have even had two games that night i can't remember it ended up being pretty busy it ended up being pretty busy yeah Yeah, i guess on a snowy night what else you gonna do right but yeah yeah, playing by candlelight it was awesome it was a fun game it was and it was it was such a great story too. Like, cause that's, you know, it's like, I, that's kind of what I point to is like when I really became a poker, like, you know, a quote unquote poker player. Like that's, I feel like that's sort of the night, you know what I mean? Like I can point at that. Like I played cards before, but I think that's a big part of when I really started to kind of fall in love with it. Um, right. So, and you know, because it's just such a great story. And then you and I were such good friends so fast that, right. Um, and then I got to hear about all these great stories and these things, and that just sort of added to it because it was like, then I felt, you know, it's just like anything, like one of the things I think that's great about poker for all of the sort of warts it has for various reasons, you know, just like anything, it's like not everybody's the nicest, not everything is necessarily always above board, but there's just, it's, it's, it's something that's really fun to be connected to. You know, I meet people all the time, you know, and there's, it's like a fraternity, right? It's like, you know, when you, when you realize someone else is a, is a poker player, you have that sort of inst- immediate bond, right? You know, you can talk about, you know it's what I mean? It's like and, an unspoken, yeah, you, you, you know, they know. 
<laughs> and it's funny. So this is, I'll tell you another quick story and then I'm going to let you go because I've taken so much of your time. But um, oh, when no. we, we went to the Dominican Republic um, uh, about eight weeks ago for vacation and we stayed at the Hard Rock in the DR. Because, you know, if I'm going to go on vacation, I'm going to pick a place. Got oh, a casino. that's right. I remember um, you asking about the rake there. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a big-ass rake, too. So um, it's not so bad because it's only 2-5. So, you know, I, you sort, I sort of fought the urge to play 1-2 in a new place. So it, the rake uh-huh. doesn't kill, kill you as much because of the cap. But anyways, um, uh, Holly likes to play table games. So a lot of the times we would just go in and play table games. And... Um, we sat down and we're playing like three card poker or let it ride or one of those, you know, kind of games where you're just going to burn through $200 over the course of like two hours, but you can sit there and have drinks. Right. And, um, it's funny because there was a guy sitting down at the table and he goes, we played about four hands and he looks over at me and he was from, I don't know, New York or somewhere. And he goes, you're a poker player, aren't you? He could tell and, the way uh, you picked up your cards. He said, I can tell by the way you hold your cards. And, um, just a lucky guess. <laughs> and um and it, then i thought about it and i was like yeah i guess so i ended up sitting there talking to that guy for like two hours about you know and he actually was a grinder you know from new york that plays around new york and um wow. you know was down there on vacation and you know same thing like he's like my wife's playing slots and you know i'm just and there and it was early so that was a place where they actually don't the only games only happened at night there weren't any really day games because there wasn't enough people playing so Right. He's like, she's doing her thing, so I'm going to gamble somehow. So I'm just going to sit over here and, you know, do whatever. But, <laughs> you know, so immediately we were just off and running, you know, talking about whatever. But it was funny. I could tell by the way you hold your cards. Um, <laughs> so, or the way you look at your cards, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it just was, a, it's just great. And I'm, I'm, I love it. I still love it. I want to play right now. Like when every time I talk to you, it's like, <laughs> I want to go play. Um, so and, um, and it's funny I I don't even care. And if they had a stud game, I'd probably I'd probably be playing every day. But sure. It's, but I don't. It's not like I have an itch to go gamble ever. I mean, plus just staying so busy, you know. I'm just trying to get everything wrapped up. I mean, I just want to go back to work. I haven't worked in two years, and gee, many Christmas. It's expensive. And, yeah, no uh, doubt. I, uh, you know, do something. I mean, even if I had to move mom with me, I guess it, it, it's possible. I couldn't afford a nursing home for her in California, but Vegas, maybe California with property values, they gotta be exorbitant. I would think. Oh, it's ridiculous. There's no way it's not correct. Everything there is expensive. Why would that be any different? Um, I mean, the only thing I've, everybody said, Oh, the cost of living. Well, you know, when I worked there, played there, you know, dealt, ran a shift, whatever. Really the biggest, yeah, gas was a little more expensive. The only difference that really affected me, because I stupidly didn't buy anything, I got a one-bedroom apartment for 1000 a month, and in Vegas I got a two-bedroom apartment for 1000 a month. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you spent the I same. Mean, it was just a different size. Yeah, you know. I, I mean, I, you know, live alone. It's me. You know, I... It really didn't affect me that much. Um, of course, now I'm sure thousands not feasible, but you know, it's, it just never really. When you're in that industry, a few extra hundred, four or five hundred extra a month isn't that big a thing, you know. Right. Sure. It's it's just money, you know. And Chip said he 
He said, I'm sorry, honey. I think I taught you bad habits. <laughs> <laughs> we went, we, you know, we stayed friends for years and the first few years after we split up, you know, we still traveled together. I went to his class reunion at Dartmouth with him after, after we split up, but we, uh, we went shopping one day and I stopped and I looked at something. He goes, Oh, I don't want you to ever have to look at a price tag. And I just looked at him and started laughing. I said, "Welcome to the real world, honey." <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. I went. I went to all our friends. This is a true story. Like Billy Walters, you might be too young to know the movie Arthur with Dudley oh, Moore. Of course, I know Arthur. Yeah, no classic, hilarious. Well, I went to our friends. I said, "Well, I, 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 I won't be seeing you anymore." I'm. I'm going to be poor. (laughs) 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 And it was pretty true. I mean, you know, I was just not in that circle anymore. Well, we stayed friends. I just, you know, wasn't hanging out with them all the time. So, all right, baby doll, I will let you go. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. This has been fun. It has been. Yeah, let's definitely do it again. So thank you so much, everyone who tuned in. Um, You know, we'll do some more. uh, I appreciate you sticking around. It, I was talking to Terry King, a poker legend, and my oh. and my dear friend. So we'll uh, love to Holly, and I will talk to you guys soon. Absolutely. So thanks everybody. As always, you can find the podcast at tmipod.com or on iTunes. Too much information with Sean Arnold, and uh, you can always find me on Twitter at at Sean ATL. So uh, thanks for sticking around. Um, remember, tight is right, and. Uh, We will, uh, (laughs) so we'll talk to you next time. So until next time, press on.